Welcome, welcome, welcome to Lilies in the Valley podcast, where God is lifted, your spirit is fed, and your direction is Holy Spirit led. I am your host, Sister Miko C. Deal, and I'm so glad that you are here with us today, where we are continuing our series on women in the Bible. Today, we will be discussing the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Amen. But let's start with a little bit of prayer. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for what you are revealing. I thank you for what you are teaching. I thank you for the yokes you are breaking. I thank you for the bonds that are that are breaking in the mighty name of Jesus, the bondage that we've been held in and the agreements that we've volunteered to. Lord God, I thank you that you are showing us something different. You are giving us the truth, the way and the light. You are letting us stand firm on your foundation and speak the truth boldly in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord God, I thank you for releasing us from the captivity of the acceptance of others, of others' eyes and perspective and understanding. And Lord God, I thank you that you are releasing us to be who you called us to be, to see that we are who you made us to be, to reach out and have every resource that you've given us in the word of God. And I thank you, Lord God, that we can be who you've called us to be comfortably without a shame and without under misunderstanding and without Hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And without fear that we can stand on faith and we can stand on the truth and the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And thank God. Amen. 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 So I want to get right into it. I want to get right into the woman at the well. And this series of the woman at the well is titled, There is no shame in the truth. You know, I want to dedicate this actual episode to my son, Lyle, and a really good friend of mine, Marquita Stevens. And uh, if you all listen, I want you to know I love you and thank you so much for being so obedient to God's word. They have ministered to me over the last couple of days and also prayed over me and also allow me to hear the Holy Spirit through their testimonies and through their prayers. And so I'm just really grateful and thankful for them being obedient to God's word and moving in the way that they moved to allow the bands of wickedness and the bands of the enemy's uh, fiery darts to be quenched and destroyed and to fall from not only my mind, but my spirit, my body, and my soul. And I thank God for that. And I thank each and every one of them for being so obedient. And I thank each and every one of you for joining us on today. So if you would be so inclined, let's get into the word. Uh, John 4 is where we find ourselves. And I'm going to do this a little differently on this episode. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures, um, not as much as I normally would read. And then we're going to get right into the lesson because I know that if you are following along in John 4, you will read it for yourself. Amen. And the Lord allows us to be able to have the scripture and to be able to have his word so that we can read it and apply it to our life for ourselves. Amen. Amen. I know you're in agreement. A Samaritan woman meets her Messiah is the title of John 4. And I'm going to start at verse 1. Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of the ground that Jacob gave to his son 
Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Um, and the actual original version says to buy meat. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus then answered and said to her, verse 10, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you give me a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you living water i'll read that one more time verse 10 chapter 4 in john jesus answered and said to her if you knew the gift of god and who it is who says to you give me a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you living water Verse 11, the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get the living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. And the one whom you now have is not your husband in that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on the mountains and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where you where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will, excuse me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jer Jerusalem worship the father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. For the father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. The word of God for the people of God. Amen. Now, if you get everything that has happened in just this transaction with Christ Jesus and the Samaritan woman, you will now come to understand there is no shame in the truth. And the title being there is no shame in the truth because Christ is so amazing. You understand? I just got off the phone with a friend and I told a friend that Christ uh, uh, often allows us to understand when we choose him, what him involves, what choosing him can lead to, what choosing him will do to you, what choosing him will have and what it will mean for your life. We are very 
often caught at two roads, two doors, stand in front of all of us in our lives. We have encountered it time and time again. We may be encountering it now, but we have often been faced with two roads, two choices in life, two doors. And and a lot of us experience frustration, anger, uh, being upset, confusion, because we're not exactly sure what door to choose. And I'm going to be honest, if you're the person who knows what door to take all the time, I don't want to hang out with you because you're perfect and you know everything. And that means that you have no room for growth. And me, a person being a person who is always looking at everything that I do and self-reflecting on a daily basis, weekly basis, hourly basis to see where I can be better and to stop making the same mistakes and find some growth in my actions and character, we wouldn't mix. We wouldn't jail because I know that I'm not perfect. I know I make mistakes and I often try to figure my way through with Christ Jesus. In saying that, John 4 and 6 It talks about how Christ was wearied. Capio is derived from copos, which means to toil, reducing strength, pain, labor, trouble, weariness. It is derived from the word. It also means to work hard. It is derived from the word uh, copeos, copeos, Hebrew copeos. Excuse me, these are Greek words. So Christ has just poured out to Nicodemus. Now, if you read in John 3, you will understand how all of this comes together. Uh, Christ has just poured out to Nicodemus explaining how a man must be born again by water and spirit to get to the Father. And on his journey from Judea to Galilee, he is stopping because he's weary. He is stopping because he's tired and he is thirsty and uh, he would like to get some water. Uh, So now Jesus was alone and the disciples have gone into the city to buy meat. And so that is where we find ourselves. And Jesus is now at the well where he finds himself resting, but he doesn't have anything uh, uh, to physically quench his thirst. Come on, somebody. Uh, He doesn't have anything to draw from the well. And so here comes the Samaritan woman and the Samaritan woman, she comes prepared, okay? And Jesus is also prepared because he knows that he's going to meet this woman at the well, amen. And he knows that uh, he's going to uh, not only be able to in part uh, quench the thirst physically, but he's also going to quench the thirst spiritually, amen. Amen, amen, amen. I love this. So Jesus asked the Samaritan woman for a drink who had come up on the well to draw water. And uh, of course, uh, I always hear this story as the Samaritan woman is a black woman, because it seems like as I always perceive this story, she has a lot of attitude and she has a lot of um, gumption, let me say, because she is uh, in the way that she responds to Jesus's um, communication to her, the way they're communicating back and forth, let me say that. And so she says, how can you ask me for a drink when you know Jews don't fool with Samaritans? That's what I always hear. You know what I'm saying? She's like, why are you talking to me when you know you don't fool with us? Christ then replies, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that I am that asks for a drink, thou would have asked me for a drink and I would have given you living water. She then replies to him, sir, uh, 
you don't have even you don't even have nothing to draw or get water from the well so what is this you know i'm gonna ask you for some living water when you ain't even got nothing to get the water from the well and you talking to me when you know jews don't even talk to samaritans you know that's the that's the attitude that she's taking like excuse me excuse me sir <laughs> so funny she says them to even draw water with and the well is deep from where it is this water of life is supposed to come from are you supposed to be greater than our father jacob which is the reason we even have the well and he himself drank from this well along with his sons and his cattle you better than jacob <laughs> that's what she's asking him who are you supposed to be huh okay because you're not even the person who put the well here for us to even draw from in the first place come on somebody you should see me moving my head and my shoulders while i got this attitude you understand kind of understanding that this is where she was and this is what makes her so much like myself and i don't know about you because oftentimes when we're caught off guard when we're not in the mood to perceive certain things when god surprises us and allows things to happen in a place where we didn't expect it our guard is up and we immediately have an attitude but the way that god moves is we're we're, we're taken back so far about how god comes in and blesses us when we weren't even in the proper position all of our defenses come down and that is what we find in the next few verses. You know, she probably thought she told him, you know, told him all. Who is this man that thinks he's just going to come up here and tell me about my well in my city? You see what I'm saying? But Jesus replied to her, whosoever drinks of this water shall be thirsty again. Hmm. But the water I give him, they shall never thirst again. The well shall be in him, springing up into everlasting life. That makes sense to me that if you drink the water, you'll be thirsty again in your physical. But if you accept me into your heart, because now I'm inside of you, the well shall spring up into everlasting life. Because now you have agreed, you have volunteered to accept me as your Lord and Savior. So that when you are in a dry spell, I can provide that everlasting spring. You see, this is really important to understand because this is the part in which what God is giving her through Christ Jesus is adding value to her life. You see, she could have heard this word elsewhere. She could have. She could have heard it when, 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 when through someone else, when Christ had come from uh, Judea or going to Galilee and any of those accounts she could have heard. You know, even if you read in the chapter, she's already heard some things about the, the, the Christ that's coming. So she's obviously heard that elsewhere, you see. But it would not have moved her in the way that it moved her when she's hearing it from Christ Jesus himself. That, that who you speak of, I am he, is what he told her. You see, because there were still some things she needed to go through, which is why she didn't hear it before now, which is why she's not hearing it after. That this is the right time in which God is ministering to her spirit. You see, you find yourself in the same way. You could have heard this episode uh, before, but it would not have affected you like you're hearing it now. 
You see, you had to go through some things. You had to still go through. You see, that's why it took me so long to be able to be pulled out of this rut I found myself in. Because see, I was going through some things that weren't going to hit like it needed to hit until I got this word that I'm getting, until God ministered to me, until my son prayed for me, until Marquita released her testimony that it hit differently, that I was more focused on the task other than, the, or more focused on the time, excuse me, than the task. I was more focused on the perception more than the purpose. You see, I ain't talking to nobody who got it together. I'm not talking to nobody who thinks that I need to be qualified through all these variations of man to be able to deliver this message. The only thing that qualifies me to be able to deliver this message is the fact that I accepted Christ Jesus as my Lord and Savior and the fact that I have come through with Christ Jesus. The fact that I rose up this morning because God allowed it. The fact that I allowed God to minister to my spirit. The fact that I I have to go before him and praise and worship in spirit and in truth so that he can turn some things around in my life. You know what qualifies me to be able to give this word is the testimony, the testifying, the understanding that the relationship that I have with Christ will not just benefit me, but benefit you, that everything ain't all about me, that the message that needs to go out and go forth is all it needs for me to do is say yes and allow God to do the rest. That's what qualifies me. What qualifies me is the blood on Calvary that he shed over 2000 years ago. Father God, I thank you. You see, what was going on here was one usually becomes thirsty because they are not drinking the amount of fluid your body needs. You see, that's how you become thirsty in the physical. You see, catch this now. When you are thirsting, you are dry. Your mouth is dry as a result of the previous that I just explained. So you are now experiencing what we call a dry spell. And a dry spell is to spend a period of time without something that is needed or without someone who, who or, 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 or without something one is accustomed to or desires. I'm going to say that again. A dry spell is to spend a period of time without something that is needed or without something one is accustomed to or desires. You see, we are accustomed to when we live in the flesh, to living in the flesh, to lying, stealing, conniving, doing whatever, uh, sexual immorality, you know, having sex before marriage and then want to have excuses for why we do it. Or some people will say, you know, I don't want to have a, a marry a man that I'm not going to have pleasure with. So I don't want to, I want to have sex to see what I'm getting. But see, if you believe in Christ Jesus, if you know and walk in the faith and walk by faith and not by sight, God knows what you desire. You think that um, God don't know what you sexually desire. You think that's immoral. No, that's not immoral. God knows about sex. He created sex with a man and a woman. He knows what goes on. He knows how a baby's created. He knows how love, and he knows the difference from lust. That's why the word of God talks about what happens in the bed uh, a bedroom between a husband and a wife shall not defile that, that, that what you do between a husband and a wife in your bedroom is between the two of you because he knows about the needs and desires and how things can change and 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 how things that that that, that the need that you would want to do it with a person that you can trust and you love you understand god is not a uh, 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 um 
illicit or he is not dumbfounded to those needs. And if you walk by faith and not by sight, you will get everything you desire, including in the bedroom with God. But when you walk with the world, you're going to be disappointed either way because the shame and the, and, 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 and the attachments that come from having a sexual relation with a person that's not your husband or wife or with the wrong spouse that you've chosen means that you're going to take on all of these demons and spiritual derelictions that now you attach to each other and now you're not only fighting your immoral battles, but you're fighting someone else's too because you've joined not only sexually, but spiritually with someone you should not have. So when you are experiencing a dry spell, you are going without something that is needed in the flesh. But when you are experiencing a dry spell in the spirit, much like this woman at the well, that's when Christ kicks in. You start to understand, let me pray my way through this. You start to understand, let me read my word. You start to understand that you got Christ to call out to. You've got the Father on high who looks low. You can call out to him. You see, you are you are now understanding that you need to make your feet go where your heart wished wasn't true. Yes, I said it. You now want your feet. You can force your feet to walk the walk that your heart doesn't really want to walk. You see what I'm saying? God gives you that courage because the word of God also says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And this is a conversation that's going forward. So as we go forward, we understand that Christ then asked her, hey, let me go talk to your head of your household because he wants to see what's going to happen. You see, Christ already knew the answer, but he wanted to see if she was really ready to receive in her spirit and not in her flesh. You see, Christ gave her two doors and he was trying to see which one she was going to open. Come on, somebody. And she told him the truth. She said, I don't have a husband. And he said, you're right, you don't. Because the man at the household's not even your husband. She didn't have any shame. And then he proceeded to tell her, you'd have been married five times. You see, when we receive Christ into our hearts, we are not left on our own. Christ gives us resources to access the well water within our spirit. First, we have his word, the sword of truth. Second, we have his Holy Spirit that guides us, interprets for us, that comforts us. Third, we have prayer allowing us to communicate with our Heavenly Father directly. The Holy Spirit also allows us to hear the answers we seek from God as well. She then says to Jesus, okay, sir, where can I get this water? I want this water. Jesus says to her, go and get your husband. She then in her transparency says, I have no husband. Jesus then says to thou, thou hast spoken the truth. You have no husband for you have been married five times and who you are with now is not your husband. She then says, okay, this man is a prophet. He done told me all my business. Hmm. But Christ then shares with her, as he did with Nicodemus, how to come to the Father and how we should represent ourselves to the Father in spirit and in truth. And she remembers what she heard about the Messiah, also called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus tells her, I am he that is speaking to you. She was so excited and astonished, she went off to the city and left her water pot at the well. She just just left right in the middle of the conversation. She was so overwhelmed with excitement and so overwhelmed by the spirit that she was being spoken to by the Messiah. 
at the well testifying about her encounter with the Messiah Christ Jesus. She went into the city and just testifying all over the place about what just had, had just happened. She had no shame in telling Messiah Christ the truth, nor spreading the truth about her encounter. It was the way Christ approached her. It was the knowledge he shared with her. He didn't try to demean her or badger her about her troubled past or present. He gave her the opportunity to live in a better truth, one that could give her everlasting life. You see, where you are in life may be your truth. A liar, a hoe, a drunk, a cheater, a snob, a control freak. Maybe you mismanage your money. Maybe you mismanage your time. Maybe you're selfish and refuse to change. But in Christ Jesus, we have a new truth in spirit and in truth. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, let him be a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. The woman at the well came to the well with the world's truth and she lived in the flesh and she left the well in a new truth that would allow her to never thirst again in spirit and in truth. She didn't have to worry about who she used to be. She didn't have to worry about, she just had to walk in who she is now. God has the ability to take who you were in the world, wash you clean, and use you for his kingdom. You ain't got to worry about how people perceive you. You ain't got to worry about what people are going to say. You don't have to hold yourself captive by everybody else's perception of you. You don't have to hold yourself in burden because if you speak boldly in Christ, Jesus and stand on a firm foundation and speak against the enemy operating in your day-to-day -day life, the people are going to perceive you as mean, the people are going to perceive you as controlling, the people are going to perceive you as dramatic because they're afraid to speak the truth. They're afraid, afraid to open their mouth. They're afraid to speak what they see is wrong because they think it'll just pass or they are afraid what people are going to say about them. What I'm telling you today is God has been trying to speak through you boldly and you don't need to be ashamed about what the world is going to say. You don't need to be perceived, uh, 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 feel bad about how your husband or your wife is going to perceive you, how your children are going to perceive you, how your job, your boss, your friends, because I'm telling you, when you get in line with God, when you go to him in prayer and let him use you like he desires to, everybody's going to fall in line. And the testimony that will leap out of your spirit will change everybody's life. I'm telling you right now, if you finish that story, you will see how her testimony brought more people to the well to see for themselves. And that is what the word is supposed to do. I can give you, hallelujah, the scriptures and the chapters, but you got to go to it for yourself. And you can't be ashamed about what people are going to say. You see, I am tired of living a life that's different from one group of friends and different from another group of friends. Everybody just going to have to know the truth. And you've got to live that way. Well, I always live like that. I have always spoke my mind. Yes, but you're speaking your mind in the flesh, which keeps allowing you to find yourself in the places that leave you stagnant. That not moving forward, that you can't receive the things that you are supposed to receive. It allows you to be like the people, uh, the Israelites going to where God had promised them the promised land. And it took them 40 years. You know why it took them 40 years? Because they refused to come out of the flesh and into the spirit. They refused to worship in spirit and in truth. You see, and if that's where you find yourself, because that's where I found myself, it's taking me so long. It's because I refused to give God what he was asking for until I couldn't refuse anymore. And I got tired. See, God knows you're getting weary. God knows you're getting tired. And instead of giving up, he is not giving up. He's standing firm and waiting there at both doors so he can instruct you on which one to open.
Father God, I thank you for this word. I thank you that it manifests beyond me. Lord God, I thank you that I have died and you have risen, that this is not about me, but about you, and that it is about those that will take this word and apply it to them, their life, and apply it to their walk, and apply it to their mind, and apply it to the spirit, and that they will worship you in spirit and in truth. I pray that it breaks off every bondage. I pray that it breaks off every deceit. I pray that it breaks off every perception. I pray that it breaks off acceptance from others. I pray that the only acceptance that remains is the acceptance of you, Christ Jesus, and the acceptance of the kingdom. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And thank God. I pray that you join us on next week, next Monday, as we continue the series of the women in the Bible in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray that this has been a blessing to you. And if it has been a blessing to you, I pray that you not only listen to it, that you share it so that it can bless someone else's life, someone else who may be going through. And I also pray that when somebody asks you for prayer, that you stop right then and there and either text a prayer to them, call them and pray with them, or if you're physically standing in front of them, pray with them right then and there. You don't have to pray like everybody else. You just have to have the yearning in your spirit and in your heart to want to see God's will done in their life. I pray that this blesses you tremendously because not only did it bless me, it encouraged me to change some things in my life, to change some things so that God could get the reverence, God could get the glory, and that I could take the back seat, and that I could exchange my fear and my worry for fear faith because faith without works is dead. I accept God's calling on my life, doing as God has asked me to do, regardless of how you feel about it, what you're going to say, that's your problem. It's not mine. And I refuse to go back to that box. I refuse to go back to what you think about me. I refuse to go back to what people are going to say about me because guess what? When God comes to take us home, I plan on having my name in that book because I stood firm on what he asked me to do, regardless of how people felt about it. Amen. And I pray you do the same, that you live your life boldly and that you understand the gifts that he's given you and you give them boldly and that you don't be so receptive to the world and what they would have, the drinking, the, the, the weed, the weed smoking and everything and, and doing everything in the flesh. Start to feed your spirit and watch it benefit you in places and in times you've never seen before. I love you all. And I hope that you pray for me as I am praying for you. In Jesus name, see you next week.